1: Okay, I got this question for you. I was watching yesterday as right as we were getting ready to wrap up the show, the Atlanta Hawks fired one Nate McMillan.
2: Yikes, the Sarge. The Sarge, who, great person,
1: great basketball player, not a great coach. He's a,
2: he's a good coach. He's a developmental he's a coach, coach that coach. gets you from – he establishes a sense of – consistency in your organization. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Which is kind of funny because now they're in a spot where that's not the case. And literally John Collins came out 10 minutes ago and oh, said he that they need consistency within the organization and they need accountability. Oh, no way. It's almost like maybe somebody up top, like, I don't know, the owner's son who's taken over the general manager position might did not be the guy that should be running things? Uh, I would
1: say so. Um, okay, but now we have a situation where they are on let's see here in the last know, six years they are going to be on their fourth coach because they went Mike Boonholzer 2013 to 2018 Lloyd Pierce 2018 to 2021 Nate McMillan 2021 23 mm-hmm. and then whomstever uh, the next one is whether that is uh, Quinn Snyder insert un soon to be fired coach or unemployed coach here, Uh, they're going to go after somebody to try and salvage what is a roster that should not be this bad. It should not be this bad. When you think of, hey, wow, you've got a, a former All-NBA, a, you know, two-time All-Star and Trey Young. You got DeJounte Murray, John Collins, Clint Capella on that team. Now you, you got... uh Bogdan Bogdanovich coming off the bench for you. Like, they should be better. Like, that team should be better. You'd think for sure. But they're not. And this is where they are folding and bending over backwards time and time again to try and appease Trey Young as their star player. And Trey Young to me is the guy that, and I would love to get your text at 503 864 6326. The guys. The stars, the quote-unquote stars of leagues and sports that are actually closer to average than they are to being a star. Because Trey Young is an incredible shooter. He is an incredible scorer of the basketball. And an incredible passer. He ranks 245th out of 250 qualified players in uh, in defensive metrics.
2: He's the worst defensive player in the league. The worst. Yes. And his offense does not
1: outweigh no. what he does Defensively, he does not care on that end, and he is so good offensively. Yes, but this is the thing: there are guys that can score and can create. There's a lot of them in the NBA. And how long do you have to go with somebody? I mean, we talk about Damian. You want to talk about an undersized
2: guard? Trey Young is that? Trey is. Two, maybe three inches shorter than and 25 to 30 pounds lighter. He is
1: 6 foot, 164 pounds. That's what he's listed at.
2: Yeah. I walked, okay, the Hawks were just here. I yeah. walked by Trey in the hallway. There's not much difference in height between him and I.
1: Okay. And this is the thing. He is, he came in in that playoff series against New York, where he took a bow at center court of Madison Square Garden. That was the, oh, he's his star moment.
2: Yeah, and the thing is about that moment, you know what the the New York Knicks have not had in 20 years? Hmm. A relevant point guard or somebody who can stop somebody on that end. The reason why Trey Young looked so good in the playoffs was because he played two teams in the 76ers and the Knicks who didn't have anything for him. The flip side is... When Ben Simmons took on Trey Young, do you know yeah. Trey Young shot in that playoff series? Huh. 32%. <laughs> this whole idea of like, Ben Simmons fell apart. Yeah. Ben Simmons clamped Trey Young's ass up. He yeah. shot under 30% in situations when guarded by Ben Simmons.
1: See, now this is, and, and you take those in things into consideration, and then you add this, he is a horrible teammate.
2: He yes. Is,
1: he's now going to be, he will be on his third coach, and he entered the league in 2018, 2019. He's going to be on his third coach. Excuses running rampant. That Atlanta Hawks organization is it maybe or the epitome of dysfunctional. Because guys that have been productive, have looked really good at, at for long stretches, John Collins being one mm-hmm. of them, Clint Capella being another, they are they're now disasters as well because of what John Collins said. They need accountability in that franchise and they're seeing their own value absolutely plummet.
2: plummet. Because Trey Young's being allowed to run amok. I don't I don't deal in rumor mill stuff. Yeah. Particularly as it comes to people. Um because I mean, there's stuff that's out there, it's fair or unfair, it's just it's not the kind of thing that's reported. But I'll say this. In all of my time covering the NBA, I have never heard a player discussed about like Trey Young has. Oh really? In the sense of that nobody likes him. Oh. And I mean nobody.
1: And he leaned into the villain role in that Nick series, but which
2: yes, that's good. Like, get a heel, but like, Patrick Beverly has like p- people in the league like they don't like him. Most people don't, but there are people that, that mess with him. Yeah, Russell Westbrook. There, it, there are people that ride for Russ. So like, you're
1: saying those people just don't exist for trade? They don't
2: like. I don't what know. Is it? I, I he's he's an a hole.
1: Oh. Really,
2: I don't know anybody who's like, no, Trey's actually a good dude. Or, no, man, I, I messed with Trey. Like, he just—he's just a weird cat. Like, there's none of that. Huh? When when Atlanta came through,
1: there's none of the. You got to get to know him.
2: Yeah, no, there was like, or or he's just not your flavor. Yeah, like Russ is a weird cat. Yeah, but I know a lot of guys in the league that they yeah they, they won't well, go to bat. Pat for
1: Beverly him. is one of those guys too, where it's, he's like, uh, people that like him are like, he's an acquired taste, man. But Dylan Brooks, same thing. Like, yeah.
2: there are guys that, like. And people don't like Dylan. Yeah. But there are still infinitely more people that would ride for Dylan than <laughs> they would ever go to bat for Trey. Atlanta came through here, and I'm talking to the, the you know coaches and media and everybody else that's coming through. And it was like, I told them things that I had heard, and they told me worse. No, And I'm like, so it's that bad, huh? Like, mm-hmm, yeah. So just selfish? And the thing is like— Disruptive? W- <sighs> I think he's just not a he's just not a good dude. Huh. Like and like and not like he's a a horrible human. Yeah,
1: well, but people he's just don't a criminal, but no, he's, but people uh, just don't
2: mess with him. Like, oh man, and because I hear they're like, well, he is he selfish? He's like he leads the league in assists, or it's like, I think it's more about the fact that it's all about him, not necessarily that it's that he's selfish with the ball
1: hollow numbers. Yeah.
2: And it's, it's, I don't like talking about guys like this yeah. because this is not about the product, but I think it does change the product and it does. When you look at the fact that they burn through coaches mm. and they've had changes across the roster and they've had changes throughout the front office. And the one constant is Trey.
1: When are, when are they going to say, all right, what we're going to do is do, we're going to flush Trey young. I then. think it's as soon as this summer. You think so? And yes. then what do they do? Do they flush everything down the no, drain? No, I think
2: you get what you can for Trey, and then you go. And hey, DeJounte's pretty good.
1: Yeah, we got John Collins is
2: pretty good. DeAndre Hunter's pretty good. They—that's the thing. That's like they, they've got—they've got, got stuff. Isn't
1: bad. No, but it's gotten to the point where you got a coach killer on the team, who's going to look? Take man, him?
2: three coaches in five years is nuts. Yeah, that's nuts. It, but that
1: is dysfunction from organiz- organizationally from top to the bottom. It's almost like you would wish they would keep him and flush everybody else to give them a great <laughs> yeah, no, start. Because you said the owner's
2: kid is the GM. Yeah, so Schlenk, Travis Slank was the guy who built this team. And I, I, I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Well, Travis Slank was kicked to the curb, and the owner's kid's running things, and Landry Fields is kind of the the mouthpiece for it all right now. Hmm. Landry Fields is 34. All right. Think about that for a second. That's nuts. Well, that's, that's, I'm
1: that's, not going to age shame him. But, but, I mean, like that's nuts to run a team. Yeah, that might be uh, a little crazy, but, but he could technically still be playing. Sean McVay was—he's was thirty-four, and he was Super Bowl champion head coach,
2: not running the team though.
1: Yeah, who's the youngest executive
2: in the NBA? God, probably in their early forties. I think Joe's forty-four.
1: Uh, Joe Cronin. Joe Cronin. I think
2: he's—I think he's one of the younger GMs.
1: Huh. Whoa, uh, John Chaka of the NHL, twenty-six years old when he there's nepotism there. When he became the GM of the Arizona Coyotes, they've oh. been good.
2: <laughs> there's also there's some nepotism there.
1: Yikes! Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna there's, dig there, into that. There's not, not a lot the of youngest... y-
2: there's not a not a lot of a really young GMs in the NBA. That's one where they still make you cut your teeth.
1: Ooh, coaches. Howie
2: Coaches, they make you cut your teeth, or they—they—I'm yeah. they, they, sorry—they don't make you cut your teeth as much. You can go younger there.
1: Howie Roseman became the general manager of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles in 2010 when he was just 35 years old. That's pretty good. That's really good. He's doing a, a bang-up job. But it should be noted that uh, Phil, he started working for the Philadelphia Eagles as a 25-year-old intern. So he worked his way up for a decade in that front office in, in 2010. And 2010, he took over. He ended up getting his job uh, displaced by Chip Kelly. And then when Chip left, he came back into that role and ended up winning now a Super Bowl and... Uh, went back to another, so not not a bad resume for
2: you know what? Climbing. I forgot about Memphis.
1: Climbing yeah, th- was thirty three. They got a young owner too. Yeah,
2: Kleinman was thirty three. So yeah. that was super young. Bobby Webster in Toronto was thirty two, but bye bye. You know, he was the GM while Masai was the president yeah. of basketball operations. Uh, so thirty thirty
1: two year old Andrew Berry of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they sucked when mm-hmm. they did that.
2: Uh, uh Heinegan in Orlando. He was thirty. Hmm. Also, another situation where they weren't very good. Yeah, wow. So you're I mean, noticing a trend here: the super young ones uh, take over very bad franchises. Well,
1: he uh, Andrew Berry at the age of thirty four gave Deshaun Watson a bunch of guaranteed money. So. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. This, right. this is helping.
1: Okay, uh, there we go. Uh, Brad Brad Stevens. This question comes in. <laughs> Brad Stevens just looks young. He, he just looks crazy.
2: Yeah. How no, old is Brad Stevens? Uh... He,
1: He's older than you think, though, because I, I remember seeing his his age and going, what? He's 46, 46 years old.
2: Yeah. yeah. And he got the GM job, what, two years ago? So he was 44. Looks uh, 12.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Um, OK. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.